Hello and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. We are the follow-up podcast for East Lake Chai Cities. And we are really excited today. I'm Megan, and with me as always is Brent. Hey guys. And then we are really excited today because we have a very special guest, Miss Kristen Middleton, who spoke for us yesterday at East Lake. You wanna say hi, Kristen? Hey guys. Happy to be here this morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's Monday morning, bright and early. This yes. is uh uh, a post a post Sunday feeling for how how you feeling how how you feel about yesterday I felt really good about it yeah, yeah. feeling good this morning yeah uh, feeling good this morning kind of like that feeling after you uh, your favorite team wins and you're like okay I slept well I'm happy about how it went so yeah speaking of favorite team winning Tiger Woods pulled off the Masters you guys just yep. very exciting it was uh, it was really funny because it so you probably heard this or know this but the Masters typically played in the afternoons on Sunday. Uh, but because of weather, they had to move it up. And when I found that out, I was like, oh, man, I'm glad I'm not speaking that Sunday. <laughs> uh, no, so Kristen, Kristen was speaking. And uh, so it was happening right during church. Literally, they teed off at uh, like 630 in the morning. And yeah. so I watched a little bit at home. And then when I got to the theater to go start setting up, we had it on in the lobby. Uh, and then what happened is right between services, like that 1030 to 11 period um, was Tiger. It was all, right when we got done with first service, five people were tied at the top. Um, and I, somebody came up and go, five people are tied. Tiger's one of them. And so then we go out to the lobby and then Tiger takes a one stroke lead and he, he's walking up 16 and 17. And then service is starting. 11 o'clock service is literally starting. The worship's going and Tiger is teeing off on 18. And I'm like... I've got to go in an intro. I've got to go in an intro, Kristen. And I'm, I'm like, can the band play four songs? I, I, I don't want to miss 18. Uh, and uh, I, I kind of did, but that's okay. It was yeah. totally worth it. It was amazing. And then I slipped out after the intro, uh, came and watched him cry and hug, hug his kids and do all the stuff. And then I went and got road signs. So it was an exciting, exciting day. Fun to see our lobby was like, I don't know if you saw, that, like we had probably 20 people yeah. when second service started. So I, I can't imagine the ghost town that it was. Uh, it probably felt like tons of holes in, in the, at the very beginning of second service. That's and then right after worship, like everybody kind of flooded in and did mm -hmm. their thing. But uh, no, it was awesome. It was great to have you. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, um, my it pleasure. Was, uh, uh, I know it was a lot of work because you and I met a couple times uh, in, in preparation for it. Yep. So you, it wasn't like a fly-by-night thing. You uh, You invested some time into it. We appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. you being a part of that in the community and everything. So that's great. Yeah, Super you're awesome. welcome. Yeah. Definitely. Totally. Uh, Megan, did you do anything fun this weekend? I did not. Nothing fun? No. Nope. Nothing. I took a test. Okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Which is my life. I'm in grad school, Kristen. I don't know if you knew that oh, or not. Oh, I didn't um, know. Yeah, tell me a little yeah. bit about it. So I'm getting my teaching license and degrees and stuff. Sweet. So I'm in like work full-time, student full-time mode. And yeah. I basically just work Megan and just saw out with a, my cats. a stack of books that I picked up <laughs> yeah. over the weekend at a thrift store. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I can't wait to read whatever I want someday. Yeah. And that truly is like yeah. one of the better feelings of graduation. You're like, oh, I, think, I get I to read. I think what I did say was like, maybe I'll be able to yeah. read again someday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yeah. just consume and not have to like yeah. repeat it for like, right oh, I have to read this for a report or I have to read this or with like, I mean, I'm just reading mind. textbooks and articles right. and like, I mean, I have to write this like, basically like a journal review right now for one of my classes so yeah. i'm like to read all these scientific journal articles and oh crazy i know i want to read like some historical fiction or something yeah oh it's yeah. so good <laughs> so good. I, I love reading like <laughs> mysteries and sci-fi like things that really take me out of my element out of day-to-day -day life for me those kinds of fun books are are really nice uh, literary nice escape mm -hmm. a retreat mm -hmm. exactly yeah well when you run a preschool out of your home and, and yeah. have two kids yourself <laughs> 
those kind of books are necessary. A 600 um, book page on, uh, or sorry, 600 page book on uh, some sort of sci-fi plan on, on the new Star Wars. There or whatever you go. It's gonna be. That kind of stuff. I li- like maybe I get through like one page a night. Like I, I'm, like, I'm like finishing the page and my not eyes bad. are closing. Sometimes oh, I yeah. nod off and the book falls off the bed. That's when you know. That's when I know. Like yeah. if I'm reading at night and all of a sudden I can, I wake myself up and I'm like hitting myself with my book because I'm so tired. I'm like, put it away. You're not going to remember any of this. Just yeah. go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I went to uh, a, a thing. First time ever that I've been to this, but it's called Record Store Day. Have you ever heard of Record Store Day? No. Um, so obviously vinyl records are kind of like the like uh, like an, a coming back fadish type mm. of hipster thing, right? Yep. So there's a uh, a record store inside of Adventures Underground. Oh, and, I love that place. Yeah, which is awesome. Love that place. And uh, I picked up a vinyl player, uh, a record player at uh, at a garage sale like t- last year, and it's in my office. And I and I bought cheap old Elton John, Sonny and Cher, <laughs> all yeah. the all the classics for like a dollar somewhere, nice. right? Nice. Um, so, but then this record store day it happens once a year. This year it was April 14th, Saturday. Uh, and record stores uh, offer, or they, they print off limited run issues of like things that were probably recorded but never made it onto a disc. So here's mm-hmm. acoustic things, or here's live live performances at some place, yeah. or songs that just got cut, and here they are. And they're always printed in like a cool, like they do a good job of like making the the, the actual vinyl discs like yeah. have some images printed on them. So they're more like collectors' items than actually like good music type yeah. thing. And they're only available that day. So then, uh, and then record stores across the country get like one or two copies of this, and then you got to be at the door. And it starts at eight a.m. And there were people lined up at like six thirty. I showed up at like eight fifteen because I'm late. Um, <laughs> but lucky for me, Brandon Coglin showed up early and oh, got me a new Mumford and Sons disc that I'm nice. super psyched about. So that's awesome. Uh, it was kind of interesting. It was like a little culture thing. Like you, I don't, uh, I've. I've gone to that store before. You see, they have lots of stuff in there, but there's rarely anybody in there. But this, yeah. it, it was packed on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, tons of people spending cool. tons of money on it. It's probably uh, a fun vibe. It, it was fun, totally fun. It was like kind of like uh, you go with the team. Everybody's uh, everybody's wanting to do it, so you just go yeah. check it out. But um, <laughs> yeah, recordstoreday.com. And sorry, you're 364 days away from it for next time. <laughs> but yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. So yeah, that sounds cool. That was that was uh, my Saturday a little bit. So. Uh, anything fun for I mean, Kristen, for you, prepping for Sunday, anything, do anything exciting? Um, well, nothing in particular. I mean, I, I definitely needed to get a lot of sleep in order to be, you know, on my A game for Sunday morning. So my hubby really stepped in and let me take some naps. And, <laughs> oh, man, on, on uh, Friday night, our, our infant, our four-month-old, was um, up, like, around the clock every hour but john took one for the team yeah and he actually um spread out a blanket in the living room and was sleeping on the floor out there while like taking care of her you know rocking her mm-hmm. oh so john he, he really stepped in i mentioned to you <laughs> so prior to I first service sleep. yesterday yeah I said, I think he's more nervous than you are. <laughs> when he was he was bringing you coffee and like pastries at the very back, and he's like, "Are you yeah. okay? Everything okay? Are you gonna?" Uh, and uh, good man, he yeah, is. good. Yeah, he was awesome. So yeah. kudos to him good for support. the big support along the way. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, for sure. Let's jump into kind of reviewing yeah. some of the talk from yesterday. It was a standalone message. Um, it kind of fit in. We almost tried to fit it into the Roman Perpetua series because of the mm-hmm. whole, you know, the appearance of strength, but then obviously the vulnerabilities and the weakness and and having to kind of go there a little bit um but for the sake of not having to try and force her to like be like well let me explain you know brent's thoughts on on this we just kind of treated it as kind of its own standalone deal mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, i think it went, i think it went awesome uh, it was a, a god and mental health uh was the 
basic overview topic for those of you who haven't listened into it. Um, yet you can listen to it. We're going to get that posted up on the website, eastlectricity.com slash talks. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend that you do so. Um, but really, uh, the point was this idea that you um, you talked about how in, in, in general, like when you're going through depression, when you're going through anxiety, when you're going through uh, that grief stuff, it's, it's very, it's an isolating thing. You feel so isolated. You know, I, I mentioned this in preparation for this for when we talked about Mm -hmm. it you know that you're not you know that the statistics are out there you provided some of those statistics for us yeah um, of how uh, epidemic proportions it's it's hit in terms of uh, prescriptions of uh, anti-anxiety medicine and the number of americans that uh that live in america and and just like it's it's ridiculous uh and then uh but and but i said even though you know the math is not true that you know the evidence points in the other in the opposite direction it still feels incredibly like I need to hide this. Um, mm, I'm struggling yeah. with something, and uh, it doesn't appear like it. other people are, or or people that I know or respect or are. I mean, you can follow if you follow you know uh, celebrity stuff enough, you know that people are struggling with that kind of stuff, or just culture in general. But um, when it comes to, like the world that I live in, the the, the people that I rub shoulders with, it can feel feel very isolating, which can make it feel like. I just sweep it under the rug. I don't want to deal with it. I procrastinate about uh, messing with that kind of stuff. I don't go into the, my own personal darkness. Yeah, because I don't it's know hard to do that. You know, yeah. it's it's uncomfortable. And, um, you know, I know for myself, um, even with all the healing I have done, it's still a daily process and a, a lifetime process. And it can it's really tough to say, like, I messed up. I messed that up or um, I don't like this behavior I'm doing. It's not who I want to be, and I need to change it. It's hard to take responsibility when it's the icky stuff um, in life. But I did want to circle back to a piece of um, a piece of the sermon that I thought was was really relevant and stuck with me even after I had spoken to to our audience and to our congregation. Um, the parts in John that really talk about the light and the darkness and Jesus as the light of the world. Like I was thinking, like last night. In the middle of the night when I stumbled to the bathroom um, to go <laughs> use the bathroom, I was thinking like, wow, this nightlight is shining and is, is actually helping me to see better in the bathroom. The light literally and also metaphorically and spiritually, it always overcomes the darkness. Mm-hmm. And when we take that to a spiritual level and think about God and Jesus's presence in our life, that's pretty amazing. If we bring the light into our life, it will always win. Yeah, it'll always overcome. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you you brought in the the, uh, the point for you that you had mentioned was uh, that you hit your kind of like I need to do something about this. Was first year of marriage. Mm-hmm. You had gone from being kind of single, living your own life. You went to was it Yale? Is that where you I went did? To? Yeah, Yale. my undergrad um, at Yale. Yeah. Undergrad at wow. Yale. So obviously, smarty pants, <laughs> smarty party. <laughs> Uh, but lots of pressures involved in like going to an Ivy League school. Totally. Of get, not only just getting in, but like staying in <laughs> and like yeah. graduating. And like, yeah. what are you going to do with your Yale education, right? I mean, like yeah. that whole kind of all of that stuff in there. And you had, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, kind of developed your own identity and, and mm-hmm. own own um, uh, piece of that. And then you get married, and now it's the shared life. And you mentioned just right. intimate uh, living together. Um, was there a specific moment that you felt? Was there anything that happened, an event, something you could point to mm-hmm. uh, that you would say, "That's when I realized I got to do something about this"? Because I'm just like I'm not I'm not functioning. Like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's beginning to affect um, not just mental but like actual behavioral stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would I would dial it back even to right when I graduated from Yale. Um, that was the first time that I stepped into the realm of therapy. 
um, I, I was just about to graduate and I had a friend who was, um, struggling with some mental health issues at Yale. And I thought to myself, she was a close friend. I should go to therapy so that I can support her. Cause I, I don't know what to do anymore. She was sort of, um, falling apart with some, some different family issues she was experiencing. And so once I got into therapy and I sat down with the therapist and I was like, my friend has X, Y, Z. She's suffering from anxiety and depression. I'm asking She's, for a friend. Yeah, literally. And the therapist was very calm and nice. Mm-hmm. And how are you feeling, Kristen? Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, we're going to do that. Okay. But um, actually it was very illuminating. And so I, I got a chance to start to think and talk about where I was at. And I had just graduated from a real pressure cooker. And, um, so I did some therapy after college and that was extremely grounding. And in terms of my marriage, um, you know, right when we got back from our honeymoon, um, it was just, it was just, it was hard for me. I was scared. I, my thoughts were, can I do this? You know, can I be a wife? Am I going to be able to do a good job at it? Um, I've been so independent, um, you know, in the, in the years leading up to this, can I still be independent in a relationship? Can I maintain who I am um, while being a couple, um, a long-term, lifelong couple? And so with those thoughts running through my head, I had a lot of fear. It was bringing up anxiety. Um, I had some PTSD from past experiences in my life. And I think I, you know, I had a really bad day and I realized this is the time now. Um, And my husband also encouraged me, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's, you know, do some therapy. And by the way, you know, he did some of his own stuff and recovery therapy. And we also, as a couple did couples counseling, which was enormously helpful. So, yeah. 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 Uh, Speaking of Yale, uh, graduates from (laughs) Yale known as? Eli's. Yes. Yeah. Common crossword clue for those of you it who are is. crossword it's people. It is. It's in a lot of crossword so puzzles. So many. Yeah. The first time I thought when I when we did it, because yeah. my wife and I love to do crosswords together, it's like a little hab- uh, that's cute. hobby thing for us. Yeah. Uh, I was like, what in the world's an Eli, and what does that have to do with anything? So, <laughs> well, that's the name of the founder of Yale. That's his name. Yeah. Um. So that's why we're called Eli's. The mascot is bulldogs. Yeah. Yeah. All those Ivy Leagues have really weird, quirky like nicknames or mascots yeah, or like there's sure. something weird and quirky that is like just a normal thing for yeah. them just because they're so old and yeah like from that like old time when people had like secret societies and those kinds of things yeah so yeah sorry that was a total sidetrack <laughs> i just you mentioned yell and i just thought yeah. oh yeah gotta gotta well, help people I, out the crossword clues i will say another thing which is well i've, I've always had a definitely a relationship with God. Um, it really wasn't until I hit my bottom, which was those feelings of anxiety and fear that I felt after getting married. When I hit the bottom and I was seeing behavior in myself that I, I didn't like, and I didn't recognize, um, that's when I really had to lean into my relationship with Christ. And I mentioned in the sermon, that's when I went into a program called Celebrate Recovery, which was at my church uh, called Grace Chapel back in Lexington, Massachusetts. And Celebrate Recovery meets on Monday nights. And it starts out with um, a sermon led by a short sermon led by the um, uh, Celebrate Recovery pastor. And then we do some praying and some singing. And then everybody breaks off into small groups. And you're split, you're, you are split apart by gender. So women meet and then <clears throat> men meet with each other. And I think it's smart that they do that. I do think that in terms of 
um, the support groups, uh, at least for these, this particular program, it worked really well. And that's when people break off into their little groups, whether it's family issues or any of the, the many different mental health, um, topics that, that we discussed yesterday. And so I was in a group called family issues and we, the prayer and the presence of the Holy spirit in those meetings, not to mention the sermons that we started the evening with were so helpful. And I think prior to that point, um, even when I had done therapy in my twenties, I was doing it more or less without bringing God into that healing process even though I identified as a Christian, even though I identified as being a spiritual person, it wasn't until I was at my rock bottom that I realized I need to lean into Jesus and knowing that he's here, knowing that God is present at any time. That's, that was the light shining the darkness on my feeling of isolation and fear of being alone. Mm -hmm. Um, knowing that Jesus was always there. I think it's a good point because uh, a lot of times we think I got this. I, I don't. It's good. Like I, I'm not saying I'm not. Uh, I'm not a Christian. Or I'm not a Christ follower. Or, or church isn't important to me. But like mm-hmm. I can fix myself. And uh, exactly, there's a sense in which you know um, we do have a lot of control. I, I think there is a lot of uh, choices and that uh, there are behaviors that come as a direct consequence of the choices that we make, and we can do better at making choices. But like, I think that God wants to, to be asked. I think he wants mm-hmm. to be involved in the process of healing. And, and, uh, I, I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think you even have to hit rock bottom to be able to be like, okay, finally, I have nothing else to go on. God, I need you. He's like, I've been available the whole dang time. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to go this far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm still here, even when you do hit rock bottom, but you definitely don't have to go that far to be you able to You don't have like, to, right? yeah. And I think, too, like with 12-step programs, um, that's most familiar people. People are most familiar with 12-step when they think of Alcoholics Anonymous, but all of Celebrate Recovery is based on 12-step. And it's really great because one of the steps in there is you you basically surrender yourself to your higher power. <laughs> and for me, my higher power is Christ. And um, what that means is you really, you surrender and you you admit that you've tried to solve this problem. You've tried to beat this addiction. You've tried to beat this behavior on your own time and time again. And what you realize is, I can't do it myself. I need... I need my higher power. And and there's something in that surrender, I think, that helps me and helps people to come out of denial. Um, and once a person can come out of denial, then the work can really begin. And it's a beautiful and hard but amazing and joyful process to heal. It really is. Can you talk about a little bit about um, John's role? in? The, I, I'd love to hear, what about like if you're in a relationship and you can see some of this stuff going on the other person, mm-hmm. not sure how to help out? Because you had a friend that you're like, I don't know how to help out, so I'm going to go do this. Yeah. But when it's a husband, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever, and it's, it's like that we're like sharing this life together, we're doing life together. Yes. Like, um, uh, and you don't have to like... I know he's a great guy. Well, let's preface it by he's a, he's a gem. He's great. All that kind of stuff. We got that covered. Uh, was there anything specific? Was he like encouraging to you and like, hey, you need to go seek this out? Or were you saying, I'm going to go do this and he's supportive in this? Was Did he notice things? Was it like, was it very tangible to him? Like, we got to take some action here. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, talk me through some of that stuff. Sure. Yeah. In, in, so that people who are listening who might be like on the other side of this, really caring for somebody, being like, I want them to get help. Yeah. And I, I need to know what to do. So, absolutely. So, to answer your question and, and the kind of different aspects of it, to begin with, it was definitely both of us, um, <clears throat> meaning I was wanting to seek help and he was encouraging me to do so. 
Um, I think to be really honest, like it's in our nature, both as individuals to want to better ourselves. Like we, we are both imperfect people, but we both have this in common that we want to put in the work to become better people. Like we want to face our demons. We want to face that darkness. That doesn't mean we pop out of bed every day. We're like, we're doing it. You know, like sometimes <laughs> we had, I had to reach my bottom to start to get to work. But um, I do think, you know, relationships can, can really stagnate and, and even kind of crumble when one or, or both pe- people or parties are not willing to look at those places and really admit what's going on and start to seek help um, or healing. And so the answer to your question is, I want, I recognized what was happening and wanted to, wanted help. And he recognized and wanted me to get help. And he, he was getting help for himself too. Marriage was new for him too. And he was struggling with his own stuff. Um, And as I mentioned, we did have a counselor who met with both of us, which was great. What do you, what do you say, what kind of advice do you give to somebody who can see that the other person is struggling and probably needs some attention on this, but they haven't made that jump to say, I need to go do something about this. Do you, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think, do you think based on kind of the research that you did putting, coming into this message that you say something, that you do something, that you sit back and just wait, do you pray for him? Do you, I mean, all of the above? Yeah. What, what do you think? Absolutely. Well, I think, um, first and foremost, if you are in a relationship with somebody who is suffering in any way, there are a lot of, um, support groups for the partners of people who have um, a mental health issue or who are going through a grief or who are addicted to something. Um, for example, um, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous um, has, has its own support group, um, for example. Um, so it's important for the partner to seek out their own help, um, whether that's a therapist or a support group. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's about approaching your partner or your loved one and and sitting down with them and really gently and and lovingly talking through what what you're observing and that you want that person to get help. That being said, it's ultimately always up to the person suffering mm-hmm. to decide on their own and that's God's free will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To decide on their own that they have an addiction to alcohol or they have an addiction to pornography or they are suffering from depression or whatever the issue may be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that they want to change. And that's it's so hard. I know it's like a weird it's a delicate balance, it's a dance, it's a I I want to bring this up but I want it to be your idea. I you know, I I care too much about you to kind of continue to watch you throw yourself away. You're missing um you're missing our kids' childhood because mm-hmm. you you know, can't say no to going out to drinks, you know, with the guys or whatever. Yeah. Um and I, I want this for you, but I can't force you to do it, right? Like, I, you can, what's the saying? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how, you know, if I want to paint a picture of what it could be. I want to be everything. I want to be a rock for you in this process. Um, but man, if you're listening to this and, and that's the position that you're in, like, well, listen, it's really hard. I I get it. I understand. I, I don't have great, here's four steps to making sure that, you know, they turn their life around on it. Um, uh, I think part of it is um, you continue to lead yourself, mm-hmm. be a light in that thing, and, it, and yeah. lean heavy yeah. into that idea of light overcoming the darkness. And mm-hmm. no matter how dark that gets, I, I'm going to be a light to our kids and our family in this marriage. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, but 
I let's not. I don't want to paint it with a broad brush and be like, it's easy. Here's four steps to do it. Yeah. Because right. it's not. It's, it's not. not. No, nope. and it's it's individualistic too. It's every situation is different. Every relationship is different. Exactly. You can't can't say like one person's depression or anxiety is the same as anybody others. So right. I mean, I have a really close friend who's been dealing uh, pretty seriously with depression and anxiety the past year, and mm. it's um, like trying to find ways to support them and uh, give them what they need, but also like giving her space to make those choices and to come to us as our, her friends for support. And, you know, I just try and when she asks for support, I just try and make sure that I'm giving it. And then I almost always try and point her to the fact that God is there and ready. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she grew up Christian, but I'm not like practicing right now. So, but you know, like, but that's different than how I deal with it when I deal with, my students who are suffering from those kinds of things or when I deal with someone else who's doing that kind of stuff, it doesn't, it changes Mm -hmm. and it changes based on your relationship with them. And it changes based on, Mm -hmm. you know, where they are in that process. So I think in a similar vein, we as a church, I'm I'm speaking saying we as just in pastoral leadership team or (laughs) leadership team as a board or whatever, um, struggle with how do you be a resource, uh, for mm. this, I mean, it's a it's a definite balance. It's a delicate balance too. Like we want to yeah. talk about it. Uh, we also want to be a safe place for people to come. Yeah. We also want to be the only place that people come because, as mm. you mentioned in the thing, like the answer is not just prayed away. Um, there's definitely tools out there to help you. So how do we mm-hmm. be better at at helping? guide people like if they're if it's like just curiosity about this then we we can be we should be strong enough to be you know answers for that but if it's mm-hmm. if it's more in depth than that we need to be able to know who the who to kind of push this along to and who to who to include in the process not that we ever right. like hey we don't want to deal with your problem go over here uh, we can we the church can b- provide uh, support for for caring and for uh I think just like a bigger picture things in th- in terms of spirituality, the spiritual side of it. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's so much that goes beyond that, and we want to be a better resource at that. So uh, you mentioned uh, that at the end of the message, and and it's hard to go into because uh, we had a couple people on on cards mention, hey, so what are next steps? What do we do with this? Yeah. It's really hard to get specific up there about here's the phone number to mm-hmm. <laughs> such and such a place <laughs> like you know that's sh- mm-hmm. that snore fest for like you know you isolate half your audience who are like i'm not in that position right now but yeah. thanks anyways yeah. um so yeah. we're gonna try and figure out better ways to be more resourceful whether it's through uh book recommendations source recommendations or uh like literally clinics in the area that we feel like are are soundly based, not not necessarily religious based, but like sound like you. We want you to be able to trust us in the recommendation. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. we're working through that. We're processing through that. It'd be awesome to right. have the website up yesterday at the end of the message. Be like, hey, go to easelectricity.com. Slash I need help. Right. And here it is. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, well, it's good. You know, I I think it's really positive that we jumped into it. You know, and there's going to be some learning along the way, just like you're saying, Brent. You know, learning about how do we as a community, how do we provide to our community members, um, you know, more resources? So if somebody feels like, you know, they do identify, um, with something I mentioned yesterday, or they, they are realizing that they're feeling anxious on a regular basis and it's affecting their life and their day-to-day life. Well, what do they do with that? Who do they turn to? And I think as a church, we can start to provide resources. So it's great that we're talking about it. Yep. That's the first step. Megan, anything else from you that you want to bring no, up? That was I, Kristen. I just want to thank you. It was beautiful 
talk. And I just loved how you started it with like just all those affirming statements about how like you're wanted, mm-hmm. you're precious, you're here. Like, cause I like that speaks really deeply into my soul and mm. like my purpose on this earth. And so, um, I just want to thank you for like speaking that into our community. You are so welcome. Maybe I can close with a few of those. That's okay. With <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd love to mention a few more of those and then, you know, Brent, you can close us out, yeah. but it's true. I mean, I, I came up there on stage yesterday and I initially went up to Brent and we started talking about this idea for me to preach because I felt that God had called me to deliver a message and he did call me. So all of you out there who are listening, God does want you to know that you are precious you are unique and unrepeatable. You are amazing. You have amazing gifts to offer the world and you are wonderful. And God wants you to feel good. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, it was funny because when you were doing that, uh, at least in first service, I know because I'm out there a lot, you can't see beyond the first row, but you were making a specific (laughs) point to try and point two people who you could be like you right there <laughs> you're amazing and then you'd go over and uh, i could tell you could see your husband in the first because he's front row like i could center. see him yeah. you're like you you're gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> you're <laughs> handsome you said something along those lines I, it was I really comical did, yeah. uh because because mm. i could tell john is like getting flat like i, know, I think blush. He, he, was he, like, did. he blushed yeah i could even see that yeah the... that's good yeah <laughs> all right uh we're gonna close this thing off with uh like we do every week the things that we have found interesting uh th- something we read watched or read uh learned about uh in the last week or so that we think is just uh, random bits of information to hopefully brighten your day and make your week a little bit brighter. So, uh, Megan, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Um, so mine is, um, about pinball. So pinball is making a comeback. It's like cool. it's third or fourth resurgence. Yeah. And the Mecca right now is Chicago. Really? Yes. Cool. Um, they're like, like, uh, oh, what's it called? There's a pinball company machine that midway. Is nope. It oh, it's like okay. Stern or something like that. So okay. it's an S. Um, and they are based out of Chicago and yep, Stern Pro Circuit Pinball. Anyway, cool. so they have they sponsor a pinball tournament. Oh yeah, and um, for all the pinball athletes out there, yeah. But <laughs> it's pretty interesting because in our age of technology and video games and all of that, and like you know, video game leagues and virtual e-sports and e-athletes and all that jazz. Um, Pinball is kind of a unique part of that world because it really, it's a mechanical game still. It's not electronic. You cannot predict what the ball is going to do. It's really like there's techniques and other things that you can do. And I guess that, so one of the players was talking about the new machines are way more predictable than the old machines. Um, And just kind of all of that interesting stuff. And then there's like a whole crazy world of points that I didn't even understand that the person who wrote the article I read didn't even understand understand um but i just found it really interesting mostly because um i know brent you went and visited the new arcade bar literally was just going to bring this up because we went and checked out level up arcade last sunday night eric was in town and we took a little late night staff night or whatever uh and they have two arcade machines there and they're like brand new they're amazing right yeah Yeah. so they're they're great and i stepped into one and uh started playing it 
And oh, actually, no, I walked up and the guy was playing it. And then he, he said, you want to play? And I said, yeah. And he, and he like stood over my shoulder and watched and was cool. offering me strategy yeah. on like, okay, so here's what you want to do. Um, when you go into that bonus round, you want to hit the third guy because he's he's the easiest to kill. Yeah. And you're like, kill? I'm freaking trying to keep the ball from going down <laughs> no, the middle. I know, but it's like a... It's like a choose your own adventure, like oh, world yeah. of like when you get into the actual game, it has like levels and modes and you have like bosses that you have to kill. And it's like this mechanical version of Mario. And it was very clear that I was not yeah. taking it serious enough <laughs> because, him. yeah, because when I, I lost, he's like, all right, I'm back in. I'm back yeah. in. Like, yeah, I don't know why. Like you're not oh, appreciating this. But as as part of the resurgence has been the like sure. the arcade bars that are just popping up all over the place, and yeah. so it's really so they went from like four pinball machine manufacturers in like 2000, and now there's probably like 20 ish, and so I would much rather play pinball than any of the other arcades yeah. uh, that were there. And that's not to say. And the nice thing about the the new level up arcade bar is that all of the games work. You remember going to an arcade and like half of them are out of order because yeah. yeah. it's like. <laughs> who yeah. can maintain it for like 25 cents at a time and yeah. actually keep these things up to date. Yep. Um, they they did a great job of like all the machines work. And so the pinball machine actually works and it's like, it is predictable a little bit, you know? I had, At one point I had, uh, I got like two extra balls and so I had three balls going at once. I was just freaking slapping the buttons, just <laughs> like ADD kid, just trying to keep everything going. It was... It was a lot. Uh, yeah, so I just sight. I don't know. I just found that interesting, and it's part of that cycling of like culture in our world, and um, you know, pinball machines are yeah, back. I've always loved playing pinball. pinball. That's always my favorite at the arcade too. So. Well, it's funny when you mentioned the um, choose your own adventure. It just reminded me that uh, how John and I have started watching uh, this show called You Versus Wild. It's that adventurer, um, you know, wilderness person, Bear Grylls. Mm -hmm. He's like a British former. Yep army guy um anyway so he he goes out into the wild and there's like a story it's like it's like part documentary part video game so oh. you actually watch and then you choose your own path so we've actually started to get our our almost two-year-old Addie involved too so like the three of us will watch it and we'll be like okay Addie, rope or traverse it on foot <laughs> like whatever the options are, we'll yeah. ask her and she'll be like, rope. And she doesn't know what, what she's saying, but it's a really fun show. That's awesome. And it's like, choose your own adventures. It's like uh, cool. upgraded Dora. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what it like. so I heard they're yeah. making a new movie. Did you hear oh, really? that? Yeah, Dora. Know. Is it live adventure. action or animated? I don't know. Oh, Who okay. cares? I mean, kid grief. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I, I haven't seen the new Dumbo and I know Lion King's coming out in like 89 days yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But I just, I just can't do it. I can't do the live action crap. <laughs> Um, but anyways, yeah. Uh, okay. So mine very quickly, it has to do with the masters thing from yesterday. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing about the masters is that they do a ticket lottery. If you wanted to ever go to the masters, you can't really buy a ticket. I mean, I suppose maybe there's like a, a way, maybe some corporate sponsors get us some tickets and they want to post them and, yeah. and sell them on Craigslist. You, you might be able to figure it out or find it or eBay or whatever. Uh, but for the most part you apply as a, as a lottery choice. Uh, and then you uh, you get an email every year that says, sorry, you did not get selected. <laughs> um, at least that's how it's worked for me. I have applied for the last seven years. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, one year I got selected for a practice round, but it was like my first year doing it, first or second year doing it. And I thought, oh, everybody gets a practice round. Um, and they don't, you know, it, it's... Uh, 
it's not the real thing. So that if you've ever watched the, you've probably never watched the practice rounds, but they're just like goofing off. Like they're letting their kids finish their putts for them. So that's not exciting. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I want to like, go. Unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. So I passed on, yeah, I passed on tickets for the practice, practice around the first year. Cause I thought I'll just get it next year. Yeah. Uh, and it's been six years and I haven't, I haven't been selected for anything. Now that may be because Aww. I passed the first round, uh, but every year uh, I apply for tickets for the masters and uh, it just got over and it was like the, one of the most watched, I mean, I mean yeah. unbelievable. Amazing. The comeback for Tiger, just kudos to him. What a great story Agreed. of redemption, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine that the tickets, the uh, the uh, line for tickets for next year is going to be astronom- astronomical as it, as it is every year. Uh, t- the tickets, the lottery for the application uh, for 2020 is not currently available, uh, but usually sometime this summer. I love that you've already be. checked. I, I, I checked this morning because I want to talk. <laughs> yeah, Tickets.masters.com is the website you go to. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to apply. I'm telling you, you should apply because <laughs> if you got it, if you got it and yeah. you could go Thursday, Friday or sat Saturday or, uh, yeah, Saturday or Sunday, um, it would be the trip. I mean, it would be a once in a lifetime experience and yeah. I would definitely go and probably, probably take my dad for that one just cause that's significant. My wife and I also apply for SNL yeah. tickets every year cause oh, you yeah. apply for those in September. Uh-huh. Um, oh, cool. and how those work is you don't even know, you can't apply for like a specific date. Oh, you just, you just put your name and then they may tell you oh, whether, man. you know, what show you, got. you don't even know that who is the, so the, cool. the person who's coming. They only yeah. have, you mean like Saturday night live. Yeah. SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday night live. And, oh, and the cool. audience is really small. So like, yeah, the, yeah. The selections. Uh, so it, our, our thought has always been, if we ever got drawn for SNL, yep. we would figure it out. We'd fly over just to yeah. go to that, and if we ever got drawn for the Masters, I'd, I'd fly and go. For if that, you so. ever go to SNL, I'll do your backup sermon. Okay? Would you? Okay, that'd be great. That'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Done. Right, cool. Uh, that'd be great. So those are the two lottery. Mm-hmm. T- I'm sure there's more lottery tickets out there, but it's free yeah. to apply. And uh, I, I don't have the link for the SNL ones. You can Google it, but uh, they cool. only accept them during September. Is like the is the deadline, and they only open up for like 30 days. So wow. it's for the whole year. That's how it works. Amazing. Yep. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. Yay. Thanks so much for uh, checking in with us and listening and spending a little bit of time with us. We hope it makes your week all that much brighter. Um, you mm-hmm. can find us on the socials at Eastlake Podcast. Uh, you want to give out your socials? I don't know if people want to follow you or are you on Twitter? Um, I am. Uh, I don't even know what my my like my handle name is. Um, I <laughs> right, think it's what? Kristen V H Middleton, guys. Okay, so we will we will post a link uh, to this thing <laughs> and, and include include that information yeah. and give her a follow because um, I'm sure she's got some at least cute pictures of the kids to post, if nothing Definitely. else. So, yeah. uh, which is awesome. So, all right, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, Bye. guys. Bye, guys. Bye.